Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Good morning. Unless maybe you're a Cowboy fan. I'm about to bring in Richard Sherman and Keyshawn Johnson to try to make sense of all this and maybe talk me off the ledge. But what a finger-pointing mess the Cowboys have become since that mind-blowing meltdown against Green Bay. We are not family. In fact, the three best players on my team, the three who should be the leaders of my team, now have family members taking social media shots that almost certainly will be held against said quote-unquote leaders. My rule of thumb has always been people close to you have to understand that whatever they say publicly will be seen and heard as coming from something you privately told them. So now we have Dak's brother telling quote-unquote so-called cowboy fans on social media that if he could get Dak out of Dallas, he would. We have Micah Parsons' brother saying Dak needs to take a team-friendly deal or pack his bags. <laughs> and also taking a shot at defensive coordinator Dan Quinn saying it was criminal the way Micah has been used. And yet Micah tried to set the record straight by saying only he speaks for himself and isn't afraid to say what he thinks. Okay, but by far, by far the most damaging statements came from CeeDee Lamb's mother on Facebook. She said in all caps, Dak isn't it. She said her son deserves better. She said, and I quote, they need to get rid of his ass. It's guys on that team that want a all caps ring. They work too hard. He don't want to win a all caps ring. So now, no matter how CD might try to rebuild the bridge between him and Dak, which got set on fire early in the Green Bay game, Dak surely will suspect that CD's mother was just repeating what her son has told her. Okay, Mr. Johnson, as in Keyshawn, how damaging will all this be to my football team? It, it, it's not damaging at all, Skip. It really isn't <laughs> because everything that the family members are saying is not coming from the players itself. And I understand your model in this situation is, hey, it must have been a private conversation at dinner, driving home from the games, and all of those sort yeah. of things. That probably, I would say, there's some mm, truth to that true. to some degree, I'm sure. Yeah. Somewhere in the 17, 18 games this season, there's been some conversations with family members about certain things that have gone on inside of the building. There's no question about it. You got it. Yeah. But 
we can't sit up here and act like it's going to affect the relationship of those players because those players, all CeeDee Lamb is going to say is, man, my mom, man, don't, don't even pay that no attention. She just, that, that, that's that conversation, Richard. Right. It's my mom, don't pay her no attention, man, don't even, man, my brother, just like Michael Parsons said, my brother speaks for himself. Has nothing to do with me. I feel a certain way. Even though at some point in time, I'd bet my right arm that Michael Parsons had had a conversation with his brother somewhere along the way about the way the Dallas Cowboys are using him, playing him, yep. all of those sort of things, the way Dak Prescott has played. But then there's also those family members are not blind to see exactly what has gone on with the Cowboys. It's not all on Dak Prescott. Is, does he have some uh, responsibility in some of their failures? Absolutely, 100%. And so does C.D. Lamb, and so does Micah Parsons. So all they're doing is using social media. I've been in the situation myself when there was no social media, okay? I, in college and in the pros, Skip, my family set yeah. one row behind another family. And I didn't learn yeah. about it until the game was over afterwards that there was some words being exchanged. My family didn't know that the quarterback, who they said can't see, he's as blind as Ray Charles, right there with his family yeah. sitting there, and he was throwing the ball to Butterfingers, which the family was sitting next to him. And my family uh -huh. had no idea that the receiver in the quarterback's family was right in front of him, and they were getting throwing the football to him. So my, my sisters called the quarterback blind Jeez. and the other receiver Butterfingers. <laughs> and, you know, you just deal with it, man. That's <laughs> what you going to do. And this was before social media. <laughs> what you going to do, Richard? <laughs> to today face all that stuff. Uh, Skip, this is not a big deal. This has been happening for years. If you, any athlete or family, athlete's family, if, if things aren't going well, you're going to hear some things from them that, that you're not going to agree with. Like, hey, this, this guy is the reason. Fire the coach. Do this. Hey, man, the owner needs to go. You know, you're going to hear every single thing because they want better for their family member, whoever it is. And it doesn't necessarily reflect the thoughts of that player or that 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 guy, that athlete at all. And as you know, your family does not always speak for you, Skip. Your, your family can have a totally opposite opinion of how you feel and what you think, and they can they can give that opinion. That doesn't mean any – and I just don't even understand why we we feel the need to, to, to listen to Micah Parsons' brother's opinion. You know, I mean, if we sit in here – we got to sit here and listen to everybody's family's opinion and then get on TV and talk about it, it would be insane. But – C.D. Lamb's mom having a problem with Dak Prescott is, is kind of troubling to me because Dak Prescott is the guy that threw your son the ball as much as anybody in the National Football League. Your son had his best season of his career. He's a first-team All-Pro, a pro bowler, led the league in, in receptions, had an overall great season. You think Dak Prescott doesn't want to win the ring? You think Dak Prescott doesn't care? That just You can always do worse, and I think some people lose perspective on that you could always do worse. But do I think this is going to be an issue in their locker room going forward, Skip? It's not at all. These dudes are going to – these dudes go to battle, go to war. They have – they are invested. They are connected. They understand each other. They if, they if they had a problem, I'm sure they have a way of communicating. Hey, text them. Hey, man, my mom tripping. Don't even trip about that. Because, because now they have to listen to us talk about <laughs> it and, and speculate on it because his mom sent a tweet or his brother posted this or – or Dak's brother posted something else, like, I, I, it's not a big deal, Skip.
Just my mom, man. Just my mom. My mom tripped. Okay. My mom tripped. All right, but both of you acknowledge that it probably came from CD. No, or I did not Micah. acknowledge that at all. I did not. No, no, I, 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 I certainly, I certainly skipped. No, I skip. I, I certainly believe at some point throughout the 18, 19 weeks of football season, there has been a conversation in all three households about what has taken place with the Dallas Cowboys. I could yeah. attest to that. But 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 I don't think it's it, because if you're sitting here thinking, oh, C.D. Lamb's calling his mom, mom, Dak Prescott no, is... No, no, is, no, that's, like, not what I'm, that's not what I'm saying. No, I'm saying I'm what saying, Skip's saying. Do, do, no, what Skip is saying is, so he said the same thing I'm saying. At some point, that conversation, I don't care if it was on the plane ride, when you was on the cell phone, I don't care if you were in the car driving home, you know, Richard, that that conversation has come up somewhere... When he didn't get the football, when they threw the ball to the other guy and he got picked, when Michael Parsons felt like he could have passed rush and he dropped instead, that conversation has come up, man. Yeah, but but what I'm saying is it, it I don't know if it has because this has been C.D. Lamb's best season. So no, most of these conversations that he's having is like, man, I just had the game in my life. I just had 191. Not at the beginning of the year when you called him a fringe number one. Right. And at then, the beginning of the year so, when he so, was not getting the football. So I can go. For the following three months, he got the football no, but, more than anybody in football. Yeah, but we're not talking about and, and so, you, but, but that's, that's, not, that's, that's recent. recent. No, that's, but here's, what, be. Here's, what I would, here's where I'm going to push back on you, okay. Richard. Okay. At the start of the season, they struggled to get him the football, right, Skip? Mm-hmm. Then they, that conversation may have taken place then. Then he started to obviously take off. Last game, not so good. So those same feelings is what I'm saying that he had uh, uh, communicated potentially with his mother, allegedly, I'm bringing this up, <laughs> brought those feelings back after the Green Bay loss is all I'm saying. I understand in between, Skip, that he got off and he yeah. was balling, but those same feelings crept back in. So it brought back up a, a, a sore wound, so to speak. Mm-hmm. It opened it back up for Agreed. moms is all I'm guessing. I didn't hear this from CD, right. nor did I hear from the mother, no. Skip. No, I, I got you. I believe CD's mother just hit a nerve in that locker room because I believe there are lots of players and lots of people upstairs who are starting to wonder if Dak is ever going to be the answer instead of the question. I I have said for four years on this show, he's not the answer. When she says he ain't it, she is right about that. And I think a lot of people out there who closely watch this football team know he ain't it. So the problem is, when I least expected it, that some difference between Dak and CD manifested itself, some some underlying disagreement or, or whatever early in the Green Bay game. And I told you guys that Monday after, if you'd given me a thousand things that would happen in this game, number 1000 would be that Dak and CD would get into it early in the game. And I did love what Michael Irvin said on the show. I think, Keyshawn, you weren't there that day because I think it was MLK Day. You came later. But Michael said that he blamed C.D. more than Dak because he thought C.D. was out of line walking away from Dak when Dak criticized him for breaking off his route or running it too flat or whatever it was on that third and eighth throw early in the game when they got into it. And then C.D. went and just sat by himself on the bench to the point that Mike McCarthy had to go over and try to talk him back up a little bit. 
So the, the point was they were clashing early in the game. And for a while, it looked like they'd never played together after, to Richard's point, the, the previous 12 games, they had been the most dynamic duo in all of football. So this is all troubling for me because I don't know if there's underlying issues going on that are now coming to the surface. I don't know if CD believes that Dak just isn't the answer in Dallas. And now it's coming to the forefront where it's clear to me we are stuck with Dak when we shouldn't be stuck with Dak. You, you know what? So, you know why you guys yeah. are the worst fans in football, Skip, and you're one of the worst? Mm -hmm. Because, because by, for all intents and purposes, your quarterback was the second best quarterback in football. Yeah. He was a second yeah. team all pro. There's only two all pros on the all pro team. There's 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 first yeah, team and I got then there's one second for you, team. Richard. No, no, no. Yeah. There's first team and then there's second yeah. team, Skip. And mm -hmm. Dak yeah. Prescott was second team all pro. He was the second, he was the quarterback of the second team all, all right. pro team. And so his stats, he what he lead the league in touchdowns. He had a fantastic yeah. season. And all you're sitting here uh, saying he is I don't know if beautiful. we should extend it. It was beautiful. All right, Richard, here Insanity. we go. You ready? All right, please. what have we done? What is the definition of insanity? Mm -hmm. It's repeating something over and over, expecting a different outcome. Mm -hmm. So what have I seen for three straight years, Richard Sherman? Mm -hmm. I saw in San Francisco versus San Francisco. Let's start mm -hmm. with the first game at Dallas. <laughs> what did I see? <clears throat> you okay? Yeah, Mark. <laughs> got, got a little Dallas. I saw, <laughs> I saw San Francisco at Dallas. I saw Dak stink it up for three quarters, and we fell behind 23-7 to seven at home. He had a QBR of 32 on a scale of 0 to 100. Mm -hmm. Then the next year, we get another reprieve. We get another shot because we're 12-5, and five, baby. And we go out to San Francisco, and we score 12 points, and my quarterback stinks the whole game. He throws two first-half interceptions, and in the second half, he misses five throws, that I thought he should have made that would have changed the outcome of the game. Mm -hmm. And then against Green Bay at home, when we had right in, the, in our laps two straight home games to get to our first NFC championship game in 28 years, mm -hmm. Dak Prescott stinks it up in the first half by throwing two interceptions, and we fall behind 27 to nothing at halftime definition of insanity all right so richard what did your 49ers do with jimmy g he got them to a super bowl he got them a 20 to 10 lead going to the fourth quarter of a super bowl he got them to an nfc championship game with a 17 to 7 lead going to the fourth quarter of an nfc championship game and richard what did they say help me out what did they say about jimmy g not they, they good enough better. they could do better no, we can do better. We got to get rid of Jimmy G. And he was really good for them because in regular seasons, he won a whole bunch of football games. Mm -hmm. did, did, was he said, ever a second no. team all pro? Well, I don't I, think so. I don't know. He won, he they won a whole bunch of games. I, I, think he's been be I think he's played better than I, I, Dak I'll Prescott. Tell you, I'll tell played. you this, Skip. What? Skip, Skip. Skip. Yeah. What are we doing? What he got to a Super Bowl? Are, are you kidding? Are you kidding? Skip, skip. I, 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 this is when I have to stop you, man. Stop him. Because, no. yes, he took a team to a Super Bowl. He was on the 53-man roster. The last two games, the last two games of that season for Jimmy G, prior to the divisional round in the NFC Championship game, you know what Kyle Shanahan did? He threw the ball a total of nine times. 
Okay? Mm-hmm. He took the ball yeah. away from Jimmy G. And said, you're not going to lose this and get me fired. That's what he did. Did he not, Richard? No, he did. So, Skip, stop, yeah. man. Yeah. Go ahead, Skip. Yeah. Stop. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. They're up 20 to 10. Richard was there. You're up I was there, and we gave, and we gave up a 20 to 10 lead as the number one defense in the land, Skip. You and and, and, and right. Patrick Mahomes came and back. You were up 17 to 7 on the Los Angeles Rams, soon to be champions in an NFC Championship game at L.A., right? Up and there was a dropped interception that could have sent him home. Yeah. Okay, I got you. What did they do? What, what did Kyle Shanahan and Mike Shanahan do? They said, you know what? We're going to blow this thing up. We're going to spend three first-round choices. Mm-hmm. We're going to spend a third-round choice. Uh-huh. And we're going to go all the way up to the second pick in the draft because there's this kid up at North Dakota State that we think can change our lives. Didn't they do that? Yep, and then traded him away for a bag of stale lays. Why they okay, got but the point Cause, cause was they, they, they plunged. Because it, it would have been a first-rounder if they was the good kind. Yeah. Okay, did they not hit the lottery with the last pick in the draft? Am I right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. So, Skip, I, but I'm, I'm trying to understand what you're – so since Dak Prescott has been in the league, Skip, he's been in since 2016, five teams have won, won Super Bowls, Skip, five. Five teams have won Super Bowls, which means 27 teams have not, including the Dallas Cowboys. How many quarterbacks yeah. have won Super Bowls that are still in the league, Skip? Uh, Tom won two of them. Patrick won two of them. Who else has won any? So you're telling me two quarterbacks, the three – Three, because I think Foles. Okay. Uh, that was a while ago. No, that Foles, I think, won. Foles. Yeah. Staff- Stafford. No, it was, Stafford. it was them two and Stafford. Yeah. So right. you're telling me those three quarterbacks, are since he's been in the National Football League, are the three quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls. So everybody else, Skip, are in the exact same boat as Dak Prescott. Josh Allen is in that same boat, has not won anything. Joe Burrow, for all the success, has not won anything, Skip. Like it, it, so, we keep talking. That Lamar Jackson, for all his greatness, right. has not won it yet. Yet, yet. Okay. we we can say yet. But but we're sitting here talking about Dak Prescott like he's chopped liver because he has not won a Super Bowl. Skip, and neither has any of those other guys that we talk about in the highest of regards, and deservedly Richard. so. They deserve to be held in that high no. regard. But has Josh Allen went and won him a Super Bowl? Skip, has he went and and, okay. and took his team to a Super Bowl? He has not. Joe Burrow is the only one who has, and he lost it to Stafford. Okay. And so, Skip, you're sitting here telling me all these expectations like these other guys getting paid are going out there outside of Patrick Mahomes, and he's the only one who deserves to be in that category by himself because he's won the MVPs and Super Bowl MVPs, and he's done the job. He's finished the job. So he deserves to be in a category of his own. But outside of him, Skip, nobody else has taken their team to the promised land and came back with the trophy other than Stafford and Tom. Has anybody else with a 12 and 5 record for three state, straight years crapped out in the playoffs the yes. way we have? Anybody the, the, else? The, the, Bills, the Bills do it every year. No, they don't. Not yes, like they this. do. When, when have they won it, Skip? Well, it sounds like they do it well, every they, year to me. They do it uh, every I mean, they year. Got to, did they get to an uh, AFC championship game? They and, did in 20. In, in 20, did. I think. 20, 20 or 21. Yeah, they, yeah did. they did. They did. They did. And they went home, okay. Skip. And they lost. Way ahead of us. They went okay, home. I, I don't care. These are the Dallas Cowboys, America's team. Haven't been to an NFC championship game in 28 years. And so you're telling and me it's the quarterback who's the second team all pro this year's fault. Not, not anybody else's. It's the quarterback who actually played his behind off all season long. It's his fault that they didn't make it. Nobody else's, Skip. 
That's 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 okay. not it. Well, I'm just saying, what's the most important position on the team? I'd say it's quarterback, right? Yeah, that, that many many people would say that yeah. is quarterback. Yeah, I don't necessarily I, I don't necessarily agree with everybody's opinion of that, depending on the team. team. Yep. So yeah, but go ahead, Skip. Okay, so my point is, you, you see what keeps happening and happening and happening, and. My problem is that, that there's not strong leadership from my quarterback or from anybody else in the locker room. So we have a supremely talented team of losers. And it starts <laughs> with the quarterback. It just does. And what did Rob Gronkowski say on Fox after we crapped out at Buffalo and got literally run off the field with 266 yards rushing? What did he say? That's not a mentally tough football team. Right. That, no, he, he, he certainly had an outside opinion about what's going on in their locker room. I hate to sit up here with you, Skip, when you start bashing yeah. the quarterback, because it's yeah. it's it's just revisiting the same thing over and over and over when it comes to Dak Prescott. You can't get better, man. You just can't. You would never, nor would the Shanahan's ever pass on Dak Prescott no. for Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay, you just, it, it, I, I get it. You want to win a championship. You want to be in the NFC championship game. You can't replace number four. I don't give a damn what Michael Parsons' brother says okay. and nobody else. You cannot replace him. You are stuck with him if you plan on ever oh, getting to a Super so, Bowl. Well, you guys hate the Cowboys, so you're, you're it's happy not, it's that not, we're stuck yeah. with them. No, it's yeah. not that, Skip. I'm just trying to get you to open up your eyes, man. And, and, and see reality. I know exactly what's going on. They're wide open, unfortunately. No, you don't. They're, they're not. They're not. You, because you, 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 eyes want, wide you, shut. Want jo- you want Josh Allen? You, you can have Josh Allen. You want Josh Allen? You do the same thing for you. He do the same you, thing Do you, you want Josh Allen, Skip? No, yeah, but I did want Tom Brady three years ago. And, and, Tom, and, and Skip, again, it, it, Tom Brady is going to need the rest of the team to show up the, the, way, exactly. the way they need to show up. So the reason they won in Tampa is because that defense showed up. And the up rest of the team in showed a big up. Way, in big games. You know, in the Super Bowl, Skip, that defense, Shaq Barrett and them boys got after it. JPP, exactly. those boys were getting after Patrick Mahomes, which allowed Tom Brady to have a great game. Now, we hear Michael Parsons' brothers, you know, Spew, man. He got to be better. They got to get rid of him. But then your brother disappears when they need him the most. If he had two, three sacks in that game, then you can say whatever you want because you have showed up in the big game and made big plays. But when you don't, you probably need to just settle down. Settle down, Big Cat, because you didn't show up. You were a no-show in that game as well. And so I, I want I want Skip. I want. I almost want it to happen for you. I want y'all to get rid of him because then I can sit here and be like, "Remember, you sure would want to yeah. have Dak Prescott?" Because when they drafted, yeah. when they drafted the kid Trey Lance, Skip, who does he remind you of, Skip? A little bit of Dak Prescott, Skip. A little bit of Dak Prescott because that's. I don't what, see any what, Dak Prescott. Yeah, because he's not playing. Because he's not playing, Skip. But if you told me he, he reminds you of a kid that led, led the league in touchdown passes, second team All Pro this season, then. When Josh Allen was drafted, they're like, hmm, kind of a Dak Prescott mold. Skip, Dak Prescott has been the mold of how they're drafting these quarterbacks for a very long time. He just does not get the credit like that. Trey Lance is like a a prototype of Dak Prescott and what he did and how he's had success in this league because you want somebody like that. But then the guy who has it doesn't even want him. 
even when he's the second team all pro in the National Football League, he's 32 quarterbacks, they're saying he's the second best. Goodness gracious. Skip doesn't Skip Skip doesn't know what he wants. One minute he wants Dak, the next minute he don't. No, you don't. I don't want Dak. I've said the Keyshawn, you don't know what's happened over the last five years. I've I've been consistent with my opinion. How is it that I don't know I'm watching the same game you watch? Not that guy. Okay, I've said so it he, a thousand times. Okay, he, so let's say you is. are correct. He's not that guy. So who's the guy? You want Kirk Cousins? Who, who's He's the guy? Who, I, I'm trying to get you, you a quarterback. Just identify. You, you do what the Shanahan's did. They just went and identified. They said we want him. And they and got a rogue. They, 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 they got made a rogue. Skip. Okay, so, so they stop, screwed stop. up. So you, I, I need Richard on record. The Shanahan's blew it, right? They 100% blew it. The Shanahan's are on record saying they blew it, and they <laughs> traded the kid away. They will say it. Well, <laughs> they, they got no say problem saying it. it. Yeah, they blew it, Skip. They blew it. Okay. I was about to say this to okay. you, Skip. Stop talking about how, how great how the Shanahan's are and they got rid of the kid quarterback, At the man. end of the draft. How lucky were they to, to draft Brock Purdy with the last pick in the draft? They got really lucky. lucky. They got really lucky. And, 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 but they also like still drafted him. Lucky. But they still drafted him. How, how lucky did the Dallas Cowboys get getting a fourth rounder who was a fr- franchise quarterback? They got pretty lucky. They're going to have to get $300 million to the That's pretty, pretty good. Oh, well. All right. We got to get to the NBA next because there was some big news last night. Joel Embiid goes for 70, and I thought it easily could have been 82. You know what I'm talking about. We'll talk about that next. No mercy. No mercy. No mercy. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Joel Embiid scored a Sixers record 70 points last night, breaking Wilt's franchise record of 68. I've said from the start, I'll take Embiid over Jokic because Embiid is just harder to guard and much more of a defensive force. Keyshawn, would you agree with my assessment of Joel? I hate to have to agree with you, but I do, Skip, in this situation. Do you, you are really? Correct. I'm surprised. Um, when you look at Embiid, both ends of the floor, okay, they hit those 70 points last night. He only attempted one, hit two threes. He hit one, only two. So a lot of his work, knowing that he could take advantage of his size in the paint and at the elbow was just tremendous to me. That's what I like to see. I want to see guys like Anthony Davis realize, okay, I got a slim reaper on me. I just need to get my butt on the, on the blocks and dominate the way that he did last night. It just was a, a remarkable thing to see. I mean, I've seen players, whether it was a Kobe Bryant, whether it was a Dame Lillard, now Joel Embiid, Kevin Durant. I've seen guys go off with high marks. But for a big man to do what he did last night was just, it was so impressive. I mean, it just, it really was because he realized they can't guard me. There's <laughs> nothing they can do. And he just dominated. He could have had 100 points, man. Could have had 100. Easy, I agree. 
Agreed. Skip, that's just so, it's so odd for us to come off the segment we just did, and then you say you would take a guy who's not been to a conference championship yet. But I, I, I digress. Oh, I'm going to take him all day long. Is he, do I think he's the better player? There's no question about it. There's no question about it. Stats say that. He's averaging 36 points a game, 12 rebounds, 6 assists, 1.9 blocks a game. He's having a better season right now than, than Jokic. But there's a reason that Jokic just won the finals. His team just won the finals. They don't have other yeah. all-NBA players around him. They don't have other, you know, superstars around him. He is the superstar. He is the engine that runs Who that Who don't team. have superstars around him? Name the superstars. Name the other, uh, other all-NBA players. You, you, so you don't think, you don't think Murray... Uh, go ahead, Richard. I'm, I'm, I'm not, not saying... No, I'm, no, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you go. I'm not even... I'm just let you go. Okay. I'm not saying he's not a great player. I'm just saying he's not hasn't been all NBA. He has not. He, that's not that's not who he is. That's not what he has been. And what I'm saying is Joel Embiid for all his greatness, if he does it this year, that would be great. But he's the only MVP in the history of the game to not make a conference championship. So I want to agree. I want to because he's the better player, and his stats say he's the better player on both ends of the court. But then he just doesn't have the team success that we all value in this game, and he has not had it. And so. While he has individually been a better player, until you have the team success, just like everybody else we talk about, you got to have the rings. Every conversation in the NBA, when you talk about greatness, when you talk about how great this guy is, it starts with how many championships does he have? Or in this case, you have to at least make the conference championship. And if you've only been to the, the semis, then it's going to be tough to make that argument when, when Jokic has won the, just won the title. And they've gone to the to the conference championship a bunch of times. You tell me that that doesn't matter now. Hmm. So, so I, you're saying that jo, Joel is the Lamar Jackson of the NBA? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what he's saying, Skip. Is that, is that, that where we're I, going? I can tell you. Yeah. I can tell you that's, that's, what he, that's what he's saying. Empty yeah. stats is what he's saying. I'm saying that Josh Allen. I mean, there's a All lot right. of guys that, that have not won titles. Come on, man. And Lamar Jackson's in the conference championship right now. Joker just won last year. That's what. So he just won last year. You make it seem like he went to the conference championship in the bubble against the Lakers. We, 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 you know, I know you watched that one. Don't now, don't tell me the bubble don't matter as a Lakers fan. Okay, so he went. He went. He went to a. No, I'm never gonna say it doesn't matter. That's Skip that says that. Not me. We got it in the Raptors. I'm good. But what I would say though is Skip's question is about right now. And Joel Embiid is the better player. He certainly would, I would take him right now over Joker. There's no question. I would have took him last year over Joker. Right. And Joker, and put, if I was to put Embiid on the, on the Denver Nuggets with those players around him, Denver wouldn't have missed the beat, man. They wouldn't miss the beat. I, I don't know that. I, 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 I can't do it. Okay, I, I, I'm sorry. I just okay. can't do hypotheticals. You go ahead and get this dude, Skip, because I can't. I, I just Richard, couldn't do hypotheticals. I, I, no, I'm. I'm not going to get Richard because I'm going to give him credit for this. Joel Embiid in his postseason NBA career is now 27 and 26 in games he's played in. It's not good enough. He's five and six in playoff series. Well, obviously, that's not good enough. What has always been the bugaboo, he's always nicked. He's always got something going on. It's his knee, it's his foot, it's his this. Is he sick or hurt, sick or hurt, sick or hurt? We've been through it and through it and through it. And, Richard, I give you full props for bringing that part up because you're right about that. But if we do just in a vacuum right now, player versus player, the beauty of Joel Embiid is 
He's the greatest seven foot or taller free throw shooter in the history of this game because there's never been anything like the touch this man has at seven feet or above from the free throw line or, uh, as Keyshawn points out, all those elbow jumpers. He is just lethal with that touch shot of his. He is powerful finesse, and it's like oxymoronic, but he is powerful finesse. He has great touch. Obviously, Joker has off-the-charts touch. But Joel is a much more dominant rebounder and shot blocker and defender than than Joker has ever been. If I just look at defensive ratings right now, the defensive win shares, Joel is ranked 10th in the NBA. That's really good. Top 10. Joker is 44th. In, in shot blocking, Joel is 10th in the league, and, and uh, Joker is way down at, in the 50s, and shot, tied for 46th in shot blocking. So my point to you is that when you look at the numbers that Joel is putting up this, just this year, like he won the MVP last year, and now all his numbers across the board are even better than all his numbers last year, mm-hmm. all, all across. He's making 89% of his free throws. That's just extraordinary. And he's leading the league in free throw attempts per game, 12, 12 a game. Jokic gets to the line six times a game. Joel gets there 12 times. Well, do the math. It'll add up over, over time where you're going to win a lot of games because he's at the line and he's making almost 90%. Those are all the reasons that, that I would take Joel. But if we talk about leadership or availability, injury-wise, all those good things, obviously Jokic makes everybody better. Joel, is, look at his assists this year. They're up to mm-hmm. six a game. That's, mm-hmm. that's really high. So he's 36, 12, and six. And by the way, what I loved last night was he had a career-high 18 rebounds in that game. So he was giving it to you uh, on both ends all out. And as Joel said after the game, I missed a bunch of easy shots I've been making all year, which is why on the, is the 18th anniversary of, of Kobe's 81, Joel could have easily had 81 or 82 last mm-hmm. night. He, he did. I watched every dribble of that game. He missed a bunch of little ones inside that he usually makes. He was guarded maybe two-thirds of the time by Wimby. And Wimby is the best shot blocker in the game right now. But as we all know, Wimby just doesn't have his man body yet. And he had no chance against Joel. And Joel was trying to make a statement. Young man, you're not ready for this just yet. And he punished him down low. Yeah, I would figure and, 70 and, and points. And so when you, when you think about it, though, when you think about it, Richard, there's no knock on there's no knock on the Joker. The Joker is a fabulous player. There's no question about it. Embiid uh, had had some tough luck along the ways, just like Skip said. You talk about the injury situation, but also the bounce, the, the side shot in Toronto that bounced boom, boom, boom. And then all of a sudden it goes in. It just it, it, it just is happening like that for him. I mean, no, it it's not his fault. You're right. And, and look, and when you talk about other superstars around him, who's in Philly? That's another I'm, superstar. I'm not saying you got it. I'm saying neither one of them got it. James Harden is gone. Right. He's doing this without James Harden. Right, but he had James Harden and they didn't go anywhere. But all I'm all I'm saying is the way we have judged superstars in this game and who you want. And the Jordan and LeBron debate, the reason why it's a debate, the reason why you, they, they give, the reason why Skip give Jordan a nod is because he has six rings, Skip. And that's, and so if you're sitting six there saying, zero. 
it, yeah. Right. If you're sitting there saying that's part of the debate in every other conversation when you're talking no, about I, I got better it. players. It, but yeah, Richard, I'm, I'm just doing, you know, sort of talent versus talent. I'm just right, doing but you've vacuum. never done I'm, talent I'm versus talent. If, if you said no, LeBron versus Jordan, talent versus yeah. talent, would your, would your argument yeah. be different? You Because you would have to bring up the rings and the winning to, to, to make the argument just, stronger. But he just got a ring last year, though. Right, right. But it don't, it don't matter if you got it last year or 10 years ago. You got He got one and he doesn't. So I'm, I'm with okay. you. Right. But if you talk about statistically, Joel Embiid is having a better career. He's, he's averaging 28 points for a career, 11 rebounds for a career, 3.6 assists, 1.7 blocks for a career. That is incredible numbers. But until you win the ring, it's hard to, to, to say you're better than the guy with the ring and, and multiple MVPs. Okay, but I like this Philly team a lot better than I like the James Harden Philly team. This team will go farther as long as Joel stays healthy. Mm-hmm. I, just, I like Tyrese Maxey. I like the blend of all the players they got back for James. It's a good basketball team. They, they got a real shot this year. I know no, they Boston do. They got, Boston they got, they got a real shot. Milwaukee. Yep, they got a real yeah. shot. Milwaukee and Boston will be tough, but they got a real shot. Yeah. All right, so just for the record, Going back before Joel's draft, I got a call from a member of the Sixers medical team. You can ask Ernestine, my wife, about this because we were in Palm Springs on vacation. I said, I got to take this. It was just before the draft, and he asked me what I thought of Joel at Kansas. And I said, supreme talent, superstar, can win multiple MVPs. But the issue was he had foot and back injuries at Kansas. And I said, I would plunge. I would just close my eyes and take it because he's just too good to pass up. Well, they plunged. And if you've tracked Joel's career, he's had one thing after another. And he has chronic foot problems. As you guys know, when you're seven feet or taller, start with Bill Walton. If you have foot problems, you're going to have issues till death do you part. So I'm worried about him staying healthy going forward. But if he does, he is highly capable of carrying a team to an NBA championship. Yeah. The Lakers. Ooh. Oh, I you would be a much bigger fan of him if he was on the Lakers. <laughs> you, know, you know me, I'm always trying to get a superstar to the Lakers. So I love it. I believe he is. The problem that he's going to face, though, is the Bostons of the world and the Milwaukee's of the world. Is it could potentially get in the way in Philadelphia. I don't know that he'll be in sure. Philadelphia long term. Uh, you know, you know how this thing goes, man. It, you know, you don't start winning in that city. All of a sudden, the city turns on you, no matter how much they like you. But yet, and still, in the NBA, you figure out a way to get out of bad situations and ask for trades and not sign extensions, all of those sort of things. So, if they don't get it taken care of this year, I don't know how much longer Embiid is going to be in Philly. So, why are you bringing up the Lakers? Are they even? No, playoffs? I just I just I bring up everybody goes to the Lakers. Everybody does. They're, yeah, they're it's irrelevant big man. right now. The big man is a big everybody big, goes to the Lakers. Every so great big man has just yeah. about. Wimby will be trying to make his way to LA too at some point. You you could be right about that. All right, we got to get back to the National Football League and talk about a loser, Josh Allen, lightning rod. Has he been overrated? Well, him and Dak Prescott, Next. according to you, are the same. The same. <laughs> When it comes to travel, we all know that feeling of wanting to escape to our happy place. 
whether it's hitting the beach, the ski slopes, or just kicking it with your crew in a tropical paradise. And Priceline wants you to get there and be very happy with a happy price. So you never have to miss a trip. Let me tell you, Priceline has got your back to make it all happen. My happy place is Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. Picture this, crystal clear waters, golden sands, and sun shining down on you like it's your personal spotlight. That's right, Cabo is my ultimate happy place. And you know what makes it even better? Priceline's VIP family feature. You heard it from me, that's right. VIP treatment for you and your squad. Imagine being with your crew, soaking up the sun and living your best life. And while scoring deals up to five times faster, it's like scoring a game-winning touchdown on vacation. Now, who am I taking with me to Cabo, to that epic trip, that adventure? My boys, my ride or dies, my crew, ones who've been there through thick and thin from the beginning to the end. I'm not taking any kids, no kids, just me and the boys living it up. So what are you waiting for? Download the Priceline app today and save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your favorite happy price with Priceline. Make some memories that'll last a lifetime. Cabo ain't ready for me or us, but we're ready for Cabo. Thanks to Priceline, the real MVP of travel. So another Buffalo Bills season has ended in disappointment after so much preseason hope and hype, which leaves us with the biggest question facing this franchise. Has Josh Allen been overrated? Richard Sherman, your opinion, please. I mean, if you're judging it by you're supposed to win Super Bowls and you're supposed to be in the top five conversation, again, the only person that is in the elite, untouchable conversation is Patrick Mahomes. That's the only person that has gone to the promised land, left with the trophy uh, outside of Tom Brady and Stafford in the last four or five years. And, 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 Nick Foles. And, and Nick Foles. Nick Foles. But Nick Foles is a whole different, <laughs> the whole different ordeal. But and, and so when you talk about that, when you talk about the elite quarterbacks and, and man, they're just difference makers and they take their team, they take their team where? Where do they take their team? Where do these elite quarterbacks take their team? Because only one of them has consistently taken his team to Super Bowl. He's lost one, but he's won two. He's been to three. And one of the MVPs of those Super Bowls was MVP of the league multiple times. And so that's why you can't sit there and say, hey, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen are right there because they're not. What, in what way are they right there? Like maybe the talent level, you can give Josh credit for having a huge arm, making unbelievable passes at times, and, and doing great things with his legs. But unless you're winning, like Patrick Mahomes is, don't put them in the same category because it's not the same. How can it be? Well, this, is, this is Josh Allen's going into his seventh year, ending his sixth season, correct? Am I, am yep. I? Mm-hmm. So yes. much to what Richard is saying, when you look at the six seasons that he's been in the National Football League, two Super Bowls have gone to Patrick Mahomes. Right. The other has gone to Tom Brady and then Nick Foles, essentially. Right. So to answer your question, no, he's not overrated. Here's what he has been. He's been overhyped. Okay. 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 Not overrated. Because yeah. out of the 32 teams, there's probably 31 of them. Mm-hmm. That if he was available, they take him. They take him. And, yeah. and, and, and that's the God honest truth. 
What I would say, he's been overhyped. And what I mean by that is he burst onto the scene and the media took it. You know how the media is when they get a hold of something that they want to push to the next level, they're going to sell it to you. They're going to sell it to you with the best of them. The NFL, along with that, they're going to sell it to you because it's Buffalo. It's Josh Allen. He reminds you of a bigger Lamar Jackson. He's going to be the guy that takes down Patrick Mahomes. It wasn't his fault in 13 seconds to go in the championship game. It was, you know, so they create all of this hype. Then they put him on the front cover of EA Sports. That's more yeast added to who he is. On top of every single year, there's always, he's in the MVP conversation, he's in the MVP conversation, he's in the MVP conversation. So they want to create this natural, I wouldn't even call it natural, this, this fictitious rivalry mm-hmm. between Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen because it yep. sells. His ability is second to none. His arm is laser. Mm-hmm. His running ability is like a running back, a tight end. All of those things. So he's not overrated. He's a little bit overhyped. And that's part because of people out in the media forcing the issue. He's no different than Dak Prescott. Right. But they're not putting the yeast on top of Dak the same way that they have put it on top of Josh Allen. Talk about it. They tried to put it on Joe Burrow. They tried. They, they, but Joe is too cool for that. He's chilling and he's been hurt. So Josh has played. So you, it allows you to continue to manufacture this false hype about him instead of just letting it play itself out. Because you're not doing it with Lamar. You didn't do it with Matthew Stafford. You didn't do it with Dak Prescott. You're trying your best to manufacture this with the Bills and Josh Allen. So he gets caught up and he overrated because he's overhyped, Skip. Mm-hmm. Okay. I hear you. The irony of this conversation is you guys weren't with me going back six, seven years ago, but I have been a lone wolf on overhyped from the start, although I've often gone to overrated because, as we know, from the day Josh Allen stepped on an NFL field, he has led this league in turnovers for six straight years. So in his his cumulative has he, he nobody has turned the ball over more than Josh Allen has over the last six years in the postseason. He's five and five yet in the postseason. You got to give him this because he's thrown 21 touchdown passes to only four interceptions. So that that's pretty good. In fact, that's very good. Right. And if you look at his regular season accomplishments, you look at his starters record in Buffalo in the regular season, he's 63 and 30. Mm-hmm. Well, that's pretty good because that's second over the last six years only to Patrick Mahomes, who is 73 and 32. So he's done a lot, but not capped it off in the postseason. He had that one great game against the genius Belichick. Remember when New England went to Buffalo and he had that sort of cosmic game in which he had a QBR of 99 in that game. He went 21 of 25 for 308, five touchdowns and no interceptions. That was his one claim to, to ultimate sort of fame. But to Richard's point, you got to an AFC championship game and you lost it at Kansas City, and that's that. So the, the only reason I was defending Josh on su- after Sunday night's game was because I thought he played a really good game. I thought... 
on given degree of difficulty that he played better than Patrick did just on Sunday night because they did have a decimated defense that he needed to keep off the field. He didn't have Gabe Davis. He's got crumbling rapport with Stephon Diggs. I don't understand it, but he threw seven balls to Stephon. He got three for 21 yards. And the, the time of possession was 37 minutes to, to 23 minutes for Kansas City because Josh made no mistakes. He did fumble and they recovered the one, but he threw no, threw no interceptions. So we had a zero turnover game and they ran, what, 78 plays to only 47 for Patrick and company. And he played really a beautiful big-time football game and made two fourth-quarter throws that if either one of them is caught, we might be having a different conversation because the one to Trent Sherfield out of Vanderbilt University, I thought it was catchable. If we could, I, I think we got that one. This is the one to Sherfield. Again, it's not an easy catch, but it's catchable. And then the one to Stefan is, <laughs> is highly catchable, and he dropped it. So if, if you make... If you make either catch, we might be having a different conversation. He's still got a 41-yard field goal out of it with a minute and 40 left in the game to tie the game and send it to overtime, and they missed it. So Tyler Bass missed it. So I, I thought that, that overall was a very good football game that he played in which he lived up to his hype. But, yeah. Richard, you disagreed with that. Yeah, right? I, I, I look at it, Skip, and he played pretty good against Kansas City. Mm -hmm. And in the end, he still gets the L. We cannot, yep. we cannot act and ignore his playoff record, his ability in big-time games to get over the hump. Because if we're going to have the same energy for Dak Prescott's and Lamar Jackson's mm -hmm. and some of these other quarterbacks that have failed before our eyes, we got to carry the same energy with Josh Allen. Right. We cannot yep, ignore that. No. We have to. I mean, that's the reality of it, okay? Even if he threw for 500 yards and five touchdowns, he still has yet to get them where they're trying to go. Right. Everybody talks yeah. about resetting the room at the quarterback room. You talk about it a lot, Skip. Oh, reset the quarterback room. Reset the quarterback room from a money standpoint. On his rookie deal, he got there, helped him get to the playoffs, and they redid his deal. They've yet yeah. to get to the Super Bowl. So all these people running around always talking about resetting the quarterback room. There's only one guy that I know one. that went to a Super Bowl and won on his rookie deal. Only one. One. And that's Patrick Mahomes. That's it. Everybody else, I'm not talking about long time ago, Tom Brady in 1982. I'm not talking I'm talking about right now. There's only one guy. Yeah. So when they keep talking about resetting the room economically, you better be careful. You better be careful. And that speaks to you in the Dallas Cowboys, mm -hmm. Mr. Skip Bayless. Mm -hmm. You better be careful. Because, because what, you're, what, 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 what we're comparing this <clears throat> to, and everybody wanted to go Peyton and Aaron or, or, or Peyton and Brady, or, or, and, and it's unfortunately, it's more Phillip Rivers than anybody. Because Phillip Rivers was he a is. great quarterback in the National Football League. Yep. But he always he ran into better. He ran into Brady, or he ran into Roethlisberger, or he ran into Peyton. And, and those will be the stories of his history. One AFC championship game against New England in New England when he played with a Tory ACL. Right. And it doesn't matter how well you play. It does not. And, and it may be unfair this way. But the league is unfair. You get, they give quarterbacks wins they don't deserve all the time. But you also get, get losses you don't deserve at times because you've played good enough to potentially 
win those games. But when you lose, that is all history remembers. And they don't remember that that Phillip was in that game with a torn ACL. They just remember Tom won. And then Tom goes on to the Super Bowl. And people remember Tom as the greatest quarterback of his time because he won those games. Regardless of how he played, we talk, you talk about how Belichick and, and his defense, and sometimes Tom didn't play the best in these Super Bowls, but he made, made great runs down the stretch, and he made good plays. But guess what? They're Tom's Super Bowls, and he's the greatest quarterback of all time now, and that's how history remembers it. And so until Josh Allen gets over that, that hump, he hasn't even won an MVP. So you're talking about a time where, where there's been multiple guys to potentially win multiple MVPs. And, and was Josh Allen in, in, in uh, Lamar's class? I want to say he might have been in Lamar's draft class. Yes, if I'm not he mistaken, was. he was. He was yes. in Lamar's draft class. So a guy from your he, own draft class could potentially, yeah. if Lamar wins it this year, have multiple MVPs during your time. That's correct. It, it, you start yeah. to talk about is he even one of the guys? Like because his resume isn't aligning with the rest of these guys. Lamar's in the AFC Championship this year against Mahomes, potentially on an MVP season. Well, and, I ain't no potentially is well, until MVP. until until he gets it. We got to say well, stop. Well, he doesn't have oh, it yet. Stop. So, but it's but, over. It's over. But he doesn't have it yet. It's over when they announce it. But what I'm what I'm telling you is, we keep pretending that this is Josh Allen's resume. We keep pretending that these are Josh Allen's accolades when they aren't yet. They aren't, and they haven't been. Oh, I'm not pretending anything. I I, I see what it is, and it's. I started the conversation. Skip off. He's nowhere near overrated as a player. He's just overhyped, mm. and that's not his yeah. fault. It, it, it is collective of the media uh, putting things out the way they wanted to, right? It, it, a guy hasn't won an MVP, but he graces the cover of the Madden game, which, uh, which is more hype. The advertisement, the commercials, all that sort of, he falls into sort of that Baker Mayfield Cleveland syndrome where you're getting way too much because Patrick Mahomes in his, early in his career, he didn't do anything until he won. Right. Then once he won, then it's like, okay, good. That is so correct. that is yeah. part of why people think the way they think about Josh Allen, because he's overhyped. If the hype dials right. back a little bit and he starts to win, yeah. then people will think different of him. Mm -hmm. Okay, by the way, that draft went Baker, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen went seventh. Then there was Josh Rosen, and Lamar went at the bottom of the round, as you remember. Right. So... <laughs> if you redraft that one, you're, you're going to turn it upside down, right? If I'm redrafting that one, I'm going Lamar one, Josh Allen two. Yep. Okay, there you go. And yet, I thought the worst thing that happened to Josh was right away, because he was 6'5", 240, that, that he got hyped as sort of a trick shot artist who could compete with Patrick for seeing who could throw the football out of the stadium. And Josh tried to live up to the hype which created more and more turnovers because he tried more and more trick shots and, and just couldn't live up. He, he, he this year played a little more careful football, in part because Joe Brady took over and they shut him down a little bit. They, they toned it down, and he was, as Richard said uh, on Monday, he was dinking and dunking a lot the other night until those two late, uh, you know, early fourth quarter deep balls. Mm -hmm. and, and, but, but that's, and we're going to get to this conversation after after this, but this is where I don't understand the Brock Purdy talk because when 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 you there sit you there go. and you talk about Josh Allen and how great he played, Skip, yeah. and then you talk about how he dinked and dumped.
He dinked and dunked his way down the field. They were swing screen, swing screen, swing screen, swing screen, check A down, lot. check down, check yeah. down, all over the field. He threw for 186 yards on 39 he passes. But here's the better 39 passes <laughs> he threw for 186 yards. I, I got and it. No, here's the prettier right. than Purdy's, though. Yeah, but his are exactly. his, his deacon ducks are prettier. <laughs> They're so pretty. They're beautiful. You see the way his hey, arm angles. Hey, <laughs> hey, how about the touchdown pass to Shakir that he missed at, at, at the pylon? No, the one the, I'm talking about. One he caught. Oh my God! When he rolled to it, his it, left, oh, yeah, see, no, but, when he rolled to his left and he threw it. But that's what I love. Point. I love to, to see stuff like that because I've seen Brock Purdy do it, and I've seen. It I've not, never seen I, Brock Purdy because do you that. don't watch him. Yeah, I can show. I, I, I didn't see. I, I didn't see Brock Purdy do this. I've literally seen him do I've this. I've never exact seen thing. this. I, I can literally. I'm gonna pull the clip up during the break to show. He, that's he all. That. Look, that's all wrist flip. And so I'm, when I show you all Brock Purdy doing flip. this, I want you to get the same energy no, because I'm I've not. seen him do that this. That ball is going about 160 miles an hour. Brock Purdy's is not. That looks different to me. It, it, okay, fair. But what I'm saying is, it, you sit here and say this, but then you don't criticize the miss to Shakir. That could have won them the game. That oh, he well, underthrew. He, couldn't, look, he, he couldn't step up. I literally he look. He couldn't he step into the throw, Richard. Right, but but then I thought he had all the arms, and it was. Just oh well, wrist. he didn't want to hurt himself. I, I, I thought it was just yeah. the wrist flick there. But then I, I, I then I got to show a Brock Purdy clip where he's stepping up in the pocket. Oh, it was a clean just, pocket. <laughs> I love you so much. All right. <laughs> Speaking of Brock Purdy. <laughs> Has he been unfairly criticized, as Richard suggests? We yeah. debate next. It was a clean pocket, man. No it was perfect. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Richard Sherman raised this question on yesterday's show. Why is Brock Purdy so unfairly criticized? Richard referred to recent quotes from former Raiders CEO Amy Trask, who said going into the divisional round, four games, eight quarterbacks, we have seven terrific quarterbacks, and Brock Purdy. So, Keyshawn, do you agree with Richard that Brock Purdy is too harshly judged? I, I don't agree with Richard because I don't think he's harshly judged. I think he's on a team that we look at and go, what's well, about Kyle Shanahan? That, that, that's what, and, and what I mean by that is it's the reality of it. This is the reality. It's not that he, he's never going, there's nothing he could do to ever get the credit because people have already in their minds have already written the story about the San Francisco 49ers and Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch and how long they've been. That story's already been written. So it's going to always be Kyle Shanahan, when we do graphics of games in television networks, they're going to show Kyle Shanahan with his clipboard or whatever, holding it, and then they're going to show whatever Dan Campbell, or they may show Jared Goff versus Kyle Shanahan. They're never going to go Brock Purdy. This is not, when we talk about the Buffalo Bills, we talk about Josh Allen. 
When we talk about the Baltimore Ravens, we talk about Lamar Jackson. Okay, I go on and on. When we talked about the Seattle Seahawks <clears throat> defense, we talked about Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, Bobby Wagner. We didn't talk about Pete Carroll. What we said was Pete is a really good defensive mind, but the bodies on that defense is what makes this system go. We don't talk about Brock Purdy like that because we talk about Kyle Shanahan. What's the first thing we say? Well, Kyle Shanahan designed this play. Oh, look at that eye candy. Oh, look at the tree. Uh, here's the, They're going to go up against this tree. Oh, he used to coach with Kyle Shanahan. Oh, they worked together in Washington. Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan. Uh, Mike Shanahan. Oh, it's the same. That's what we're going to talk about. So he'll never get the credit. He is a really good football player, though. I mean, yeah. he, is, he is, you know, by far one of the top quarterbacks in the National Football League. But he's stuck with Kyle Shanahan. So he'll never, he'll never get the credit. I'm just telling you the truth. He'll never get that credit. And I appreciate that truth because that's what I don't understand. If you're telling me it, no matter how well he plays, no matter if he's had 70% completion percentage, he wins the Super Bowl, wins every playoff game. Great play everybody. by Kyle Shanahan. Great play by Kyle Shanahan. Great play by Kyle Shanahan. But I don't hear the same about Andy Reid. And Andy Reid is one of the best play creators, play callers in the National Football League and has been for the last 5, 6, 10, 15 years. And I don't hear that being taken away from Patrick Mahomes. Hey, Andy Reid's drawing up all of these plays because Patrick Mahomes is an incredible talent and it doesn't change. You know why, though? Because he's an incredible talent. Fair. And he's, Andy Reid, for the most part, has worked with top-notch quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. Donovan McNabb, Alex Smith, Brett Favre back in the day. So... He's had big-time QBs mm -hmm. along with quarterbacks that were so-so and has orchestrated uh, uh, wins with those so-so quarterbacks in his Philadelphia days. So when you look at it, Andy Reid is already just set in stone as one of the greatest coaches ever, mm -hmm. but he also has one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. So it's never going to be all Patrick Mahomes and no Andy Reid and all Andy Reid and no Patrick Mahomes. But in San Francisco... That's not the case. It's going to always be Kyle Shanahan. But it's only because it's Brock Purdy. And that's what I don't get because I'm going to make another point, and yeah. it's going back in history for San Francisco. We go back to Montana. We go back to Steve Young. We go back to Roger Craig. We go back to, to, to Jerry Rice, the greatest receiver of all time. We go back to all these guys that they had, John Taylor. They had all this talent, and they had Bill Walsh, one of the greatest in the history of National Football League, calling the plays. But I did not hear that taking away from Joe Montana or Steve Young's talent and their ability to push the ball down the field, even though he's drawing up incredible plays. It's not like, oh, Bill Walsh called this play, so Steve Young's arm isn't great because Bill Walsh called these plays and, and Jerry Rice called the football. But it's also how you come into the league, Skip. It's also how you come in. When you come in as Agreed. Mr. Irrelevant, you're, not, you're just not going to get that. Mm -hmm. That's just – that. And, and, look, is it unfair – yeah, it is. It is. It, it is because you're starting at the bottom. You're trying to climb all the way up to the top. And nobody is just going to allow you to go from seven round pick at the bottom all the way to the top. It took Tom Brady forever. It took Tom Brady forever. Right. It didn't happen in his first three Super Bowls. He had to go through a stretch of not getting there. Then all of a sudden, it was like Tom Brady couldn't do any wrong, no right. matter what. But I, I just, the, the, the reason I have a problem with it, Keith, is because the criticism they get, 
they hold him to a standard like he's a first rounder, like he's a top five pick, but they don't give him the credit when he does play up to that level. But when he doesn't, it's like they you only give him blame. You never give him credit. So when he's playing, he can only get blame. He can never get credit. So when he plays well, he's only going to he's it's going to be everybody else. But when he doesn't play well, he's going it's going to be him. It's going to be he's the reason why it didn't go well. So when he has a game winning drive, it's like, oh, well, he's got the only game winning drive in, 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 in the game. But if he was Jordan Love and he would have, hey, he has a chance to win the game. There's one minute left. He needs to drive down the field and he threw back across the field an interception to a linebacker, Skip would be on this field, set, be on this set saying, I told you it would come back to bite him. But when it's Jordan Love, they talk about how incredible his arm talent is and how similar he is to Aaron and, and Brett Favre. And, oh, man, the young kid just, uh, he just didn't have enough on this day when Jordan Love has been in the league longer than, <laughs> longer than Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy has played a year and a half. He's played a year and a half worth of football. I, I feel like, Skip, I feel like this is a little, it's, it's a little personal. personal. It's personal. It's I feel heart. a little fifth round personal. I got drafted in the fifth round. They're wrong. Look at all the, I think, am I right? You're right. Because I, I, I can feel it. I'm like, you, you digging too deep, bro. It's hurt because there's a lot of hurt in there. Because it, you, because it's like, when do we get credit? Why do I have to play at an ultra, ultra high level when, when this yeah. guy's not playing at a higher level than me, just to went, get the same You should have went, went higher in the draft, man. Skip, go ahead. So, so Richard, j just a quick aside. When you talk about the 49ers, it it's almost sounds like y you have even more love for your 49er days than your Seahawk days. Is that possible? That's not possible because I, I got a lot of love for my Seahawk days and, and the special things we created with the Legion of Boom. But I do got a lot of love for my San Francisco days. And we still got, got guys there lot. that I play with and, and co coach with and Kyle Shanahan and, and the guys. And I John. got it. All right. So think about this, Richard. The San Francisco 49ers are still the betting favorite to win the Super Bowl. They are the favorite. They are clearly the one seed in the NFC. Brock Purdy is the quarterback of the 49ers. So clearly that's going to be a lightning rod position because he came from nowhere. I have a little bit a problem with Brock Purdy because I'm a Big 12 guy, and I watched him for four years at Iowa State play my Oklahoma Sooners, and I liked him, but I never loved him. And I always thought he was a little bit of an overachiever, kind of a, a tough kid who tried hard and, and gutted it out and, and had a nice arm but not a great arm, and he gave you all that he could give you. Okay, I, I've got that picture of Brock Purdy in my head. And I've heard this story my whole career that if you start in the mailroom at, at a corporation, no matter how good you are, no matter how high you, ri you rise up through the ranks, that people at the very top will still look at you as you started in the mailroom. So you almost have to go somewhere else to, to get your due, to get the credit that you have earned as you rise up the ranks. Mm -hmm. And I, I can't get Brock Purdy out of my mind from Iowa State Brock Purdy as a cyclone. And yet, you, you do have to admit that there were weeks on this show when, when I was gung-ho for Brock Purdy to be the MVP of the league. I don't know, we did it three or four weeks in a row where I said, that kid's the MVP because it was inarguable. And then, Richard, what happened on Christmas night? He, he throws four interceptions. Four interceptions 
Okay, and and he had a QBR of eight, that scale of zero to 100. He had an eight. Well, that was their game of the year. That was their toughest test of the year at home. Big solo stage against that team, the best team from the other conference Mm -hmm. and a potential Super Bowl matchup. And so it gives you pause where you say, oh, man, I don't know. And then, Richard, what happened the other night against Green Bay? Maybe it's a wet ball. Maybe it's not. Maybe it was just the magnitude of the moment. But Brock got off to a really rough start. He closed beautifully. And I gave him props for that the last two days. Mm. But the point is, I I think we have, could could we, do do we have, uh, Nick, do we have the tape? I don't even know if we got the tape. Yeah, okay. Richard, not to to rub this in on you, but but Mm -hmm. I want you to see some of the incompletions from Brock the other night. Because I know you were pulling your hair out. Right? right? I mean, let's just start off. These are oh. incomplete. Oh, my goodness. Oh, 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 my goodness. That's why he plays okay, DB. That was low. That was low. Miss. Mm-hmm. Miss. I don't know what that was. Wrong page. Mm-hmm. We got, whoa, whoa. Come on, Brock. Ooh. Brock. Whoops. Ooh, don't get him hurt. Mm-hmm. Trying to keep it away from the defender. Okay. Come on, got to go up and get that. High right. Yep. Okay. Not a bad throw. Maybe a drop. High, wide. Whoops. So, so Skip, during these Whoa. moments when you're when you're yeah. showing this, then I want to remind yeah. you that okay, he and Josh Allen threw the same amount of passes the other night. He threw okay, three more it. incompletions <laughs> than Josh Allen, yeah. but you, but okay. he threw for seventy more yards or sixty something more yards. He, he and, did. And so, when I'm telling and, you, and he. And he made the plays down the stretch. Himself. He made the he plays down the stretch. Himself. When Josh hey, Allen needed throw, to make a play, he needed to throw that yeah. touchdown to Shakir on that he post route not. or whatever the concept. Okay, the, the I got you. Theme. He didn't. But you still call him elite. You're right. Yeah. Well, one okay. guy went in the first round. But... Another guy went at the back end and of one... the draft. <laughs> I understand. You say, but people still call him elite versus Brock Purdy. Part of that elite. His height, weight, size, speed, the triangle numbers that we always talk about. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen presents that. Mm-hmm. Brock Purdy does not. Yep. If, if Brock Purdy, if Brock Purdy had gone in the first round, gone in the first round, and he was performing the way that he was performing now, people would say that he's elite. That's right. just right. That's the that's the I, way it works. That's my only point. But that's the way it works. That's my only point. And I'm it, it's that. not right, but. That's the way it's worked forever. And that's, but that's what I'm saying. It's wrong. I'm saying the system is broken, and it has been for a long time. And because, because we just talked about it. We, how many hey, guys man. went before Josh Allen? How many guys went before Lamar Jackson? They still went in the it, first round. It, it, but it happens in coaching, okay, mm, where long. coaches that don't call plays get jobs. Oh, my God. Okay? Don't do that. But we're going to get there, but I'm just saying it happens Talk in coaching. We're going to get there. It, it happens yeah. in coaching. You, people get the credit. Okay, that they want to give the credit to. Right. That's just the reality of it. And that's why I'm sitting here on this show trying to give a guy who, like me, was a late-round guy, but yeah. is pl- outplaying expectations, number one in the NFL in QBR, second in yards per attempt, third in touchdowns, fifth in yards, the credit that he deserves because he played and, like a top-five guy. you have guy. to also understand, and Skip knows this because he's been covering it for a very long time, again, many people... In our industry, mm-hmm. ex-players included, they look at what you guys were able to do with Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. With Jimmy Garoppolo. What you were able to do with him. Guess the common denominator is Kyle Shanahan. He's still there. Right. So you can just go get any quarterback 
in people's eyes and plug them right in. And I know you can have Nick Mullins and some of the other guys that didn't work out. In, in, but when people see Shanahan and they look at the success rate, they say, oh, he could do that with any quarterback. So they're never going to give Brock Purdy his but, due. But that's what I'm saying is wrong because they said the same thing about me in our system in Seattle. They said a cover three, any corner can go in there and play cover three and do what you did. And then they had the system all over the league and no other corner had the kind of success uh, that a, I had. He was in a perfect system. It, 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 I was in a perfect system, but it wasn't perfect for nobody else. It didn't seem to work <laughs> the same for nobody else. And that's what I'm saying. He is the perfect person in the perfect system, and he's playing it the perfect way. Just give him the credit. Like, if you yeah, – please, thank you. He can I have some tissues, I appreciate man. that. Because it's getting emotional, Skip. It's, it's, I told you, Skip, it was personal. I can feel you talking. <laughs> and I said, it man, personal. it's personal. It's okay, okay Richard. So, you probably so going to wind up in the Hall of Fame, man. Just chill. Look, but, he will. But when he needed to have it, Skip, and you need your elite quarterback to play elite. This team, wet, wet ball, bad conditions, all that, he came through. And he was throwing to guys like Chris yeah. Conley, Jawan Jennings. I Obviously, uh, uh, he's throwing to whoever. He's running the ball. He's doing everything he can to get his team the win when they need it. This is the game of the year, Skip, because this is win or go home. And when his team needed it, he got the He's a scrappy little player. <laughs> okay, but Richard, Richard, would you agree – that if the 49ers lose, uh -oh. the most probable reason that they would lose would be Brock Purdy sort of going haywire. Uh, that, 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 the only way they can lose, yes. But, but I could okay. also tell you the reason why the Green Bay Packers lost is because Jordan Love threw two interceptions. Okay. Yeah, but Jordan me. Love is young, True. man. <laughs> but Jordan Love is young, and he's talented, and he's like... Hey, he's set, got, look, he set behind Aaron Rodgers, man. He's <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, man. Up next, we got to talk about some breaking news in Tennessee. Wait a second. The Titans are about to hire Brian Callahan? Seriously? Oh, the league. No mercy. No mercy. No mercy. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you, it's the nation's largest home services marketplace connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project big or small as a homeowner myself i always have things i want to work on for my house whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool with over 200,000 pros in their network angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie 
your trusted ally in home services. The Tennessee Titans are reportedly about to hire Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan to replace Mike Vrabel as their head coach. Keyshawn, do you like this hire? I, I don't know anything about Mr. Callahan other than his, his, his father I played against in the Super Bowl, and he was offensive line coach with the Raiders and yep. Bill Callahan, and he moved up, obviously. Uh, that's, really all, that's really all I know. But I always thought that Zach Taylor was the one really calling the plays in Cincinnati. Wait a minute. That is correct. And, but they keep moving the goalposts on how they hire yeah. people. Now, all of a sudden, Eric Bieniemy is calling plays at Washington, but wasn't calling yeah. them and getting the credit in Kansas City, even though they was rolling and winning and everything. I just, it's just funny. <sighs> this is an exciting hire to me when I go and I look at his career. He was a coaching assistant in 2010, quality control coach in 2011, 2012, all with Broncos, offensive assistant yeah. in 2013 to 2015. He was the quarterback coach of the Lions in 16 and 17, the Raiders quarterback coach in 18, the Bengals 2019 yeah. and present offensive coordinator. I, I just, yeah. it, it, it's, it's a weird hire to me. Um, you know, if they like it, I love it. I, I, that's really as much as I can give you. I just question the moving of the goalposts when you go to hire people all the time. And so now it makes yeah. me scratch my head and think there's only been one coach that's hired that's, that's African-American, and that's AP, that was with the Raiders. Mm -hmm. So all them Aaron Glenns and everything, my homeboy, you might have to just, you know, they done met the quota, it feel like, to me already. So AG may have to wait another cycle mm -hmm. or two. Eric Benny may have to wait yeah. another cycle or two no. because this is wild to me. That's insane. Insane. I mean, you talk about a, as a coordinator of the Bengals. They went to the one Super Bowl with Joe Burrow, and, and it's cool. Gotcha. But he has a 37-44 and 44 and one record as an OC. They haven't had a ton of success in recent memory. Uh, but Eric Bieniemy and that staff had gone to multiple Super Bowls. They had done a ton of great things offensively, ranked in the top five multiple years in a row. And they told us the reason he can't get a coordinator job is because he didn't call the plays because Andy Reid's calling the plays just as Zach Taylor's calling the plays. And so, so, so that is, is killing me because I'm, I'm sitting here, like, like Keith's saying, and you hear all about all these qualified candidates who are doing a phenomenal job. You look at Wilkes in San Francisco. You look at Aaron Glenn. Yeah. You talk about the enemy. We could talk about coaches like Caldwell from back in the day who had winning records and were fired. Um, and but I, Raheem Morris right now probably should have a job, did one of the most incredible coaching jobs in the National Football League with a very young team that basically overachieved to get in the playoffs and, and were very competitive. But then you give me a coordinator who doesn't call plays for a team that isn't even in the playoffs, it leaves me scratching yeah. my head on why did you even fire Vrabel? Why did you fire Vrabel to go with this direction? Like, if you're going to fire Vrabel... Brable, then you go Ben Johnson. You go at least a coordinator that's on a team that's in a championship, that's in the playoffs, that's, that's having some winning tendencies this season. Maybe you go to the Rams, OC. I, I don't know. Maybe you go Bobby Slowick, um, who, who took yeah. a young team to the playoffs. But you're telling me you're going with a coordinator from a team that isn't even winning. But you, you keep saying coordinator. Coordinator entitled. Entitled. Okay? Because even his own head coach and Zach Taylor acknowledges that the fact that he's helped, he helped develop 
the system, which all coaches do, even my receiver coaches help develop the system because they have input on what routes you should run. Yes, he's coached other positions, but when you start talking about coordinating and things of that nature, the Los Angeles Chargers just uh, experienced a guy who was a defensive coordinator in Brandon Staley who rose so fast at the top of the coaching charts. They just experienced that. Now, maybe Tennessee, Skip, they feel like with Will Levis, they want a guy who coached Joe Burrow and knows that, and maybe it rubs off on Will Levis when he comes back next year. Maybe that's the case. I just don't – I'm not excited about the hire, and I don't think Tennessee Titans fans are, are excited about it either. I, I don't either. Okay, so what do we know about what happened to Mike Vrabel? Amy Adams Strunk, now the owner of the Tennessee Titans, the daughter of the late Bud Adams, said she wanted somebody who would be more collaborative, that Mike was too much his own man, that she wanted somebody who would vibe with everybody in the front office, Carthon, everybody else, where, where they could do it together. And obviously, Mike Vrabel is not a together head coach. He's a chip off Belichick's block, didn't coach for him, played for him, obviously. And so Vrabel's out. And yet, just a couple of years back, he was the coach of the year. And now you've gone and found a man who I give him this, and Keyshawn brought it up. I know Bill Callahan. He's a really good football coach. And he was the head coach of those Raiders that year that you kicked their tails, Keyshawn, in the Super Bowl. But the point is, what Bill did best, what he does best, continues to do best, is coach the offensive line. And what I know of his son was he was a walk-on football player at UCLA and never did anything more than hold for extra points and field goals. And then he started up the ladder. I'm sure his father helped him a bit get his foot in the door with Gary Kubiak's staff. But can you give him any credit for Peyton's development? I think not. Then he was on the Detroit staff as the quarterback coach. Are you going to give him any credit for Matt Stafford's development? I think not. Are you really going to give him any credit for Joe Burrow's development in Cincinnati where he's the quote-unquote offensive coordinator? No, it's Zach Taylor runs that offense. He's, he's the game planner. He's the play caller. So now I'm back to my biggest pet peeve about this, which goes it, – it's not what you guys were talking about, but I, I don't know how any – assistant coach is prepared to be a head coach because the the system in place it's not like that there's a minor leagues where you can go be a head coach and learn how to to do all the duties of a head coach before you get to the big time i mean w w brian knows from his father what it's like to be a head coach but but the truth is he can have no real idea of of what it's really like to run to to be the ceo because there's no training system in place to do that. So this is all going to be new to him, and I guess they'll collaborate and help him, and they'll do a lot of the duties maybe that, that he doesn't know how to do yet. I, I don't know. But I, I don't know how he's qualified. And then to your larger point about how few black head coaches have been hired in the cycle except for Antonio, you know, at least Antonio was the head coach at Long Beach Poly for a while. You know, at least he... He, he knew what it was like to run a but football he also, team. But he also, yeah. the, the thing with Antonio Pierce, he also was a head coach in high school. 
He was a yeah. defensive coordinator at Arizona State. He was. With Herm Edwards, who was a former NFL was, coach, along with Marvin yeah, and, Lewis as a former NFL yes. coach. Marvin Lewis also was. was helping him with the Raiders mm -hmm. to just understand what it's like to be a head coach. Yeah. Look, I'm not going to go as far as to say that the guy won't be a terrific head coach. He may, he may be the best head coach ever. He may go on and win 20 Super Bowls. I don't know that. Yeah. But what I do know, as of right now, you can't tell me that he is the most qualified candidate out there that's available. No. You, you can't, you will never be able to sell me that. Mm -mm. But he, maybe he interviews well. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Maybe and, they're looking for somebody who interviews well. It, but, yeah. but, but you, I you, you can't, you, I can make the argument right now, just with what we know, everything we have in front of us, that they just got worse at head coach. They got Absolutely. worse. And so when, when, when they fired Vrabel, the owner said she didn't want to miss out on some of these great head coaching candidates in this cycle. That's why they made this move. <laughs> and then you hired yeah. this guy. Uh, you know, I mean, not, not that he, he's not great or he could potentially be great, but on the list Maybe. of names, he wasn't on, on the top 10 or top five on anybody's list. It was, it was Harbaugh, Belichick. I mean, you could go Pete Carroll, Ben Johnson, Pete you know, Carroll. all these coordinators yep. and these these defensive, offensive coordinators, whichever direction you want to go, but you're not going for an offensive coordinator for a team that's not even in the playoffs, and, and you're firing a really good head coach that, that has this team fighting week in and week out for him. Defensively, you don't have the most talent, and he's, he's drawing up game plans that are really competitive, and you fire him for a guy that's not even calling plays for his team because it's collaborative? I just don't understand that. No, maybe he'll hire his dad. Maybe he'll hire his dad as his offensive line coach, and that'll be a good start for him. His father's um, a really good offensive line coach. I, he's one of the best. Yeah. He's right at the top of the list. And he may be I, – I don't know if you can make a lateral move because he is an offensive line coach. Uh, so I'm, I'm not sure, but I'm sure he will try to get his father there, and that would be the best move that he could make. Yeah, he should, he should certainly try and get his father there, and, and, and I'm sure Cincinnati will sign off on it or somebody will – you know, the league will say, okay, yeah, you can have him. We don't, we don't need to take any draft picks or whatever the case is. Or it may make him assistant head coach or something right. with a different title that maybe, it doesn't maybe. become a lateral move. I just don't know but what it's going to be. Yeah. You know, a lot of guys start off as assistant coaches and become head coaches who have never been coordinators yeah. before. I'm not knocking that. I just, like Richard, yeah. this is out of left field. It just doesn't seem doesn't seem like they know what the hell they're doing. No, and it don't. It doesn't align yeah. with with her reason for for firing Vrabel. Like I thought they were going to bring Harbaugh in. They about to bring yeah. Belichick in. They're bringing all these ex head coaches, these big time names in because she's like, hey, we got to make this move while the market's hot. And then you bring in a guy who didn't even. Is that what she said? That's what she said. Did, did, what'd she say, Skip? Could you give me the exact quote? Or, yeah. Uh, okay, but uh, the, the only one I read was about we, we needed somebody who will collaborate. Well, obviously, Belichick or Pete Carroll or Jim Harbaugh are not going to collaborate with, with Amy Adams Strunk. I, yeah, I don't no, know. they're not. But they, right. look, it's okay if that's what she was looking for as far as a head coaching candidate goes. Again, this is not the best resume that's available. No. Never mind... No. The old wizards that we talk about as coaches, they get them dudes out, all the Harbaugh's and Belichick's and Pete Carroll's. I'm talking about the Aaron Glenn's, the Eric Bieniemy's, no, right. the Ben Johnson's. You are right. Even the fact yep. that I would throw a Rex Ryan in the mix as a reheat, a microwave him. Sure. He has a better resume. I would agree. You know, so uh, that, that's no. the only thing that no doubt. I'm like, eh. You know, Raheem Morris? Well, mm -hmm. Come on, man. Like, 
There Seriously, Raheem, what he has done with the Los Angeles Rams in terms of defensive coordinating, whether it was winning a Super Bowl, taking this defense this year with scraps and putting it together yeah. to get into Agreed. the playoffs, this is ridiculous. Right. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Well, to both your points, I have a lot of friends in Nashville, and I hope for their sake that Brian Callahan turns into an all-time great hire. So good luck. To all of you. Maybe he becomes Jeff Fisher for we, them. Yeah, there you go. We got to get back to my Dallas Cowboys because oh. CeeDee Lamb's mother says Dak got to go. Hey, mommy. I agree. No mercy. No mercy. No mercy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On Facebook, C.D. Lamb's mother let Dak have it, saying, all caps, Dak isn't it, and that her son deserves better. She said, they need to get rid of his ass. It's guys on this team that want a ring. They work too hard. He don't want a ring. Okay, so Richard. How damaging, we opened the show talking about this, how damaging, if any, do you think this will be to the DAC-CD football relationship? Not at all. Not at all, Skip. Their relationship will be fine, and it will be even better when C.D. Lamb gets $35 million or so per year uh, this offseason. He will be quite fantastically happy and content to have Dak Prescott continue to throw him footballs while he makes said $35-plus million. And so, yeah, I don't think this will matter at all. And I think C.D. Lamb's mother will be just as happy for her baby when he's making that money. And guess who was throwing him the footballs to help him get that money? It was the young Dak Prescott. So, Skip, I don't see this being a factor. I think the only reason it's a factor now because we got nothing else to talk about. Well, it, look, if, if this trend continues with Dak Prescott losing and being blamed for losing because he's the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, Skip, it will continue. It will continue with family members and fans alike. That's just the reality of it. As far as the locker room goes, man, my mother just, man, don't even, man, don't even trip. We good. Don't even worry about it. She's just, but mommy and him at home when she cooking that hot water cornbread or whatever she's putting together, they having that conversation with the brothers and the sisters and the uncles and the cousins. They're having the conversation about the quarterback position. You best believe they are. He's not telling them for them to tweet out or post or whatever uh, social media deal it was on, he's just having a very confidential conversation about his teammate with his family. Now, you say, well, why would he do that? Because we all did it, man. Okay, we all had conversations at the end of games, win or lose, about the situation of a game. We've all had conversations about the coaches putting us in positions to fail or succeed. Yes, we have, and we will be some damn liars as players sitting up here and trying to tell you, oh, you know shit that before. You're a liar. You have. You're not going to lie to me because I know you have. I know 
Richard Sherman has gone home and talked to somebody in his drive home in his fancy Lamborghini speeding through the streets of Seattle mad because they put him in a bad position to get beat for a touchdown. And he said, man, if they'd have just ran cover two instead of cover three, I could have squatted on it. It happens. But we live in a world of social media. So now the social media comes and you just push sin and it goes crazy and viral. But that is exactly what's happening at a time of frustration. Her baby boy is looking a certain way on the sidelines as she's watching his body language. And that conversation came up from week one through four before they decided to get him involved. It resurfaced again, Skip. That's all. And he'll yeah. just tell him, man, that's my mom, man. My mom, man, mom be tripping. Yeah. Though. I don't, you know, that's what's going to happen. So, Richard, do you ever have any issues in Seattle with Russell Wilson that maybe you talked about at home that you didn't talk about to the media? I, if I talked about it, I probably talked about it to him or on practice or straight to their face. Usually, Skip, if I got something to say, I say it straight to him. Um, Okay. But I, I just don't, I, I don't, like, this would mean more if she said, I'm tired of hearing my baby talk about Dak Prescott ain't giving me the ball, or I'm yeah. tired of, of, of listening to my baby pout when he come home dealing with this man, or something like that. Then it's like, I can speculate more on that. This seemed like a mama that's just pissed off that her baby ain't having the success that, that he could be having if he was on another team or if he was in another situation. And that's normal. That's a normal, hey, I want the best for my kid. I want my kid to get, win a Super Bowl. I watch him work his butt off day in and day out, and I, I think he deserves a Super Bowl. My baby deserves better, and he's not getting it in this situation, and it's frustrating. I think this is just a mother's frustration, just like she's a human being like the rest of us. Sure. I don't and know. And she's if a fan. I got it. And she's a fan. And she's a fan. And her heart is probably okay. in to the Dallas Cowboys, Skip. Right. You bought in. Okay, so here's my rule of thumb about social media. You guys don't know my wife, Ernestine, but she is a dynamo, a force of nature, even more opinionated than I am, if you can believe it. And she has wanted to do a podcast, or she's wanted to write columns and post them all over social media. And I have made it clear to her, whatever you say will be held against me because they will say it came from me that we would share the opinions or I said something to you privately that you then made public. And I do think that's how this will be seen, that a lot of people and maybe a lot of players, starting with Dak Prescott, will think that some of this came from CD through her. Is that... that, That's fair. Look. Yeah. That's why I said what I said. We all know. Yeah. We all know. And I... Look. CD can say all he wants. He ain't never said nothing like that about his quarterback to nobody. I take him for his word. Do Would I bet on that? No, I'm not going to bet on that. Because just like you said, Skip, you people are going to think that your wife got the information from you. They're going to think that at the end of the day, regardless. And that's the same thing. Dak Prescott is human, too. His brother is going to think that CD said it. And so he's telling his brother... When they sitting at home having something to drink and eat, he's telling them, man, I don't know why CD said that. You gave that dude all the balls in the world. Why was, he, he getting ready to make all the money. Why he said that about you? And then Dak will say, man, I'm not yeah. worried about that. I just want to win. And then the brother said, no, that's okay. not right. You, man, you should get out of that. Those conversations are real. But they are real conversations. I, I, I feel like we, we do all this criticism of, of guys who speak too much. You, you talk about Micah Parsons' uh, uh, podcast all the time, Skip, and how, like, man, Micah doesn't need to be doing his podcast. This, this man, C.D. Lamb, don't say nothing, Skip. 
He don't he say got, nothing. He just go out there, play the game the right way, it, it, it do his I've thing, had a great season. Yeah. And then we still end up talking about what he might have said, what he could have said, should have said. And then you get mad when, like, he gets a podcast to make sure that his voice is out there and he's saying what he needs to say. But he's not that kind of guy. He's like, man, I didn't say that. I'm just going to keep letting my, my play do the speak. So why are we sitting there trying to speculate what his, he said through his mom and through this? Like, they didn't have the season ending the way they wanted to. Everybody okay. is the clear. The reason it caught my eye and ear is because CD's mother is right. He isn't it. And this is the bigger topic here, and it's a doom and gloom topic for me because Jerry Jones completely blew Dak Prescott. He The, the whole, remember, blew this goes Dak back Prescott. four years ago. Huh? No, I'm saying, he, he go ahead, up. I'm just talking out loud. Sorry no, about that. No, what, what I'm saying is, he, he just blew the whole situation because they could have cut bait with Dak. And they said, no, let's tag him. And then they could have cut bait again. And they blow it again because they tag him again. And they drag their feet and they drag their feet. And all of a sudden, as I said at that point, when they gave him his big deal, Dak took Jerry to the cleaners and then he took him to the bank. And they gave him so much money at mm -hmm. that point Mm -hmm. that on the first day of the league year coming up this year, they're going to owe him $60 million. Yeah, and cash. it's Home so cash. much money. Yeah, and, and it's so much money against their cap that the only way to sort of manage it and it's navigate it expenses. is to extend him. It's right. the only way. So, so you are stuck and stuck and stuck. You blew it, you blew it, and you blew it again. I, I, and, I, and you, I, you I got a question, keep, Skip. I got a question. And, I, and I only, I'm only going to take Patrick Mahomes out of the equation. That's it. Everybody else is available. Who do you rather have, Skip? Give me a quarterback outside well, of Patrick. Again. That you would rather I, have. I first guessed this. I, I wanted Tom Brady four years ago. I, want, I banged on the table Skip, for Tom just Brady. Just because he wanted in Tampa doesn't mean he would have wanted exactly. it. Exactly. Boy, Dallas is a pretty talented football team. You, you it, let it, Tom it, take it let's over. Be, I, I, let, let's be real. It was a, it, well, number one, it was a pandemic year. Right. Okay, so let's start there. Number two, that yeah. defense, Todd Bowles had that defense lights out. Rolling. Okay, that defense was starting to be mentioned at times with the defense of old in Tampa with Simeon Rice and Derek Brooks and Warren Sapp and Rondé Barber and company and Johnny Lynch. They started trying to have that conversation. And, and, and Tom Brady's retired right now, Skip, so give me another name, please. Okay, all right, all right. The, okay, we do have Trey Lance, and I still think he can play because I Skip, thought he could play before I, that draft. I would love for you. I would love with all my heart for okay. them to trot Trey Lance okay, out there. Okay, I need there. you on record, and, Richard Sherman. On record, write is, me is down. Is Trey Lance a bust? Is he, write he me down. I, I, I don't know what it. he is, but he's not better than Dak Prescott. <laughs> I know that for a fact. How do you know? Put it this way. You don't know what he is, but you know he's not better than Dak Prescott. I know he's not better. Here's what I don't like to call people bust, Skip, because – if you got drafted and you made it to that level, you're not a bust. Right. It just didn't work out. And here's what I'm going to say. It didn't work out in San Francisco, so I don't know what he is, and I don't know that it's going to work out in Dallas because the guy underneath the quarterback position, underneath the center, is your quarterback's going to be there at least another five years. So book it. Well, that's the problem. Book yeah. it. But Skip, okay. Skip, we talk about how, how, how great things are for Brock Purdy, how perfect they are for Brock Purdy and how he doesn't need to do anything, and that's why they don't give him credit. Well, those same things were in place for Trey Lance, and he could not make it happen to the degree where Kyle Shanahan Richard, felt comfortable leaving him under center. And if you can't healthy, thrive never under healthy, those scenarios, never Skip, 
If you can't thrive in that offense, hurt his leg. You, if you can't thrive he, he in that offense, he was always beat up. But you, okay. you're telling me you can't thrive in that offense. He wasn't always beat up. He had the starting job coming into the season in which last year. I mean, last year they gave him the job coming in. And he, he did not. He got, he got hurt. hurt. Right. But he did not. He, he wasn't hurt. having success before he got hurt. People were not comfortable. He lost to Justin Fields in yeah, the beginning of the season. Monsoon. Though. In, the, in the monsoon. The same. But, exactly what I'm saying. But, but, Skip, now you're trying to project a guy who was actually played to be better than the quarterback who literally was a second-team All-Pro this year. I you think he should be replaced? I just want to change the outcome. The definition of insanity, as Richard Offerman reminds me, is to keep doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different outcome. Y'all should, you, you should, you should stunk trade in the playoffs. He stunk in the playoffs, and he stunk in the playoffs. Three straight years, he stunk mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Oh, so I got a good Dak one for Prescott you. is just good enough to get you beat in the first round. This is exactly what, what y'all is. should do, Skip. You should trade him to the Atlanta Falcons yes. and give it to Belichick or yeah. Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. You should do that. Yes. That'd be perfect. Trade him and trade. then start Trey Lance. Yeah, and then start Trey Lance because guess what else you're going to do? You're going to reset the quarterback room mm-hmm. for money. So you'll be able to have a whole bunch of money to shore up your offensive mm-hmm. line, get some defensive nope. help. Nope. No, what? if you trade Dak Prescott, it's going to cost you $40 million in dead cap money, even more than it cost Tampa Bay this year, That's $35 okay. million for Tom Brady. That's oh, okay. You got I don't rookie, want $40 million in dead deal. cap dollars. Okay, so you, you, you keep running up against roadblocks then. One minute you don't uh, want this, the next stuck. minute you don't want that. And you guys are happy. If, you guys if, are I'm chortling you know at me. Skip, a lot of yeah. people would be happy to have a second-team All-Pro quarterback who just got the award last year as their quarterback going into the next season. There's probably yeah. 28 teams Ooh, right now. I know another team you can trade yeah. him to. Trade him to Antonio yeah. Pierce and see how that – The Raiders. That's a yeah. good one. Trade him to yeah. AP. It's out of the conference. You get the AFC. They got a one that they'll be willing to give you back. Yeah. Pick up the phone and make that call, Skip. Let's see how fast you guys he, watch him in the uh, first half against Green Bay. Did you see that game? <laughs> I did. Okay. The Raiders are still yeah. taking right now. Yeah. They're still taking. You see, hey, uh, no good. They'll take Good riddance. Good riddance. Okay. We need to start over and start fresh. Yep. Right. Oh, another, now we got to talk about years, a real quarterback. A real quarterback is coming up next. How important is Sunday's game to Patrick Mahomes' legacy at Baltimore? Yeah, try to Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Won't back down. Patrick Mahomes has played in five AFC championship games, but they've all been at home, of course, at Arrowhead in Kansas City. His sixth will be Sunday at Baltimore. So how important is this game to Patrick's legacy. Keyshawn, you first, please. Well, I think it's important, Skip, if, if we're going to play Let's Chase Brady. It's important yeah. if we play that game, right, which is he needs to catch yeah. Brady on, the, uh, on a short order of another Super Bowl run, yada, 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 yada. 
But in the grand scheme of things, it's not that big of a deal because he's young and he's accomplished so much at his age. Six years as a starter, six AFC championship games, five of them at home, yep. doesn't matter. He's still in the same position because if you go back and you look at Tom or look at any of the other quarterbacks that have lost in playoffs that went on to win multiple championships, Brady lost in championship games and yep. divisional round. I mean, he's lost before too. Mm -hmm. So in the end, I think you count the number up. This is this is certainly helpful if he wins to start counting the chips. But if he loses, yeah. there's nothing to his legacy. It only enhances it if he wins because we'll start talking, oh, can he catch Brady? Oh, well, he's won, you know, five, three Super Bowls in five years. Oh, my God, is Andy Reid slowing down? They're going to get better. That's the only conversation. Otherwise, Skip, does it really matter? Because he, he's so young that he's got at least, I'm thinking at the top of my head, man, that dude going to play another 12 seasons. Right. Easy right. if he stays healthy. Yep. Yeah, I, I don't think it really, really affects his legacy at all. I mean, it's a, if he wins it, it's just another notch in the belt, another something we can add to his resume. But he's done a ton already. This is the sixth consecutive uh, AFC championship. Obviously, he's playing it away from home. So him proving that he can win one away from uh, Arrowhead would be a notch in the belt. But I don't think it really changes anything because to Key's point, it's not like it, every time Tom got into an AFC championship, he won it. He lost to Peyton a few times. Uh, he lost to Flacco. He lost. He, he's lost these games before. So yes. it's not like, hey, we're sitting there saying, hey, in order to be better than Tom or to be in that discussion, you got to win every single AFC Championship game you play in. That's not. That's not possible. And here's what I would say. And here's what I would say, Skip. Just it, 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 hear me out here. Six seasons in Tom Brady's career, we never ever said he could stop right now and he's going to the Hall of Fame. Six seasons into this young man's career. If he stopped right now, he's a first ballot. Yeah. He's number he's yeah. first ballot. I'll buy that. So I give you that. You know, that's why I say the chase game is good. If he goes and he wins a trophy or whatever, we can play the chase game, but it does nothing to his legacy. No, it, it doesn't. This this game has much more bearing on Lamar Jackson's Absolutely. legacy than 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 Pat Mahomes. Because this gets Lamar Jackson back in every conversation that we're talking about as as the greatest player in this in this era. It gets him back in the conversations with Patrick Mahomes. Because he would have that second MVP, he'd be in the Super Bowl. If he wins the Super Bowl, you're starting to you're starting to say, "Hey, okay, Patrick really only has two, and, and Lamar has one. Patrick has two MVPs. Yep. Lamar has two. You you, Ooh, if he you gets said Super, Lamar Super got Bowl two MVP. Again, if he gets MVP, um, if he gets Super Bowl MVP, that'd be a Super Bowl MVP under his belt, et cetera, et cetera. Then he starts getting a conversation, yep. but it doesn't do that for Patrick. It doesn't change his narrative in that way, like it elevates Lamar. Um, into that stratosphere he needs to get to. Okay, so I'm assuming that neither of you are ready to start putting Patrick just yet in the Brady conversation, the GOAT conversation? No, I mean, not, not really. What, 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 okay. A long enough time. And what do you, and, and you know how I am about this GOAT stuff, what, what qualifies you as the GOAT? Is it longevity? Is it statistical numbers? is the amount of rings that you had. Like, what helped me, as smart as you and Richard are from Stanford and Vanderbilt, yeah. help this poor yeah. USC Trojan understand what is the GOAT? What is that How many rings and how you won those rings? What did you do in the process of winning those rings? How did you perform 
Did you go along for rides or were you the driving force? Well, I would say, I would say half of Tom's rings, he went along for the ride. The rest, he was the driving force. What I would say of Patrick Mahomes, he was basically the driving force in every one of his wins, even though his statistical numbers and most quarterbacks in Super Bowls, you know, outside of maybe Phil Sims or something like that, that had just perfect numbers. Most of them don't have great numbers in Super Bowl wins. Yeah, I wanna, I wanna... They just stay nice and well, 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 even I... keel. Hold, hold on. Hold on. You said half of them. Well, the first three, I don't care what you tell me. I know what I've been told by guys that played on the team. Coaches that coached him, he did what he needed to do to win the Super Bowl, but it wasn't putting it on his back, so to speak, to ride him all the way through. They had Hall of Famers okay, on the other side of the football. all six of those with game-winning drives in the, the fourth but quarter. That, but I'm over. not talking about one drive, Skip. Yes, he had made plays in the game. He put Vinatieri in position to kick the field goal. But I'm talking about from wire to wire. That's what I'm talking okay, about. Okay, he was... In the second one against Carolina, he was the Super Bowl MVP, and you're not saying he was the driving force of that. It was a shootout. Uh, when was you high scoring, when you throwing screens and dinking and dunking to J.R. Redman, and he's taking it the rest of the way, and Kevin Falk and stuff, you're gonna get the credit. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying he didn't deserve to be the Super Bowl MVP. Peyton Manning was Super Bowl MVP against the Chicago Bears. Did you see that okay, game? But Did that look like okay, Super Bowl MVP I? worthy? I was there. No. <laughs> Come on now, cover okay. two, check it down to the backs of the flat, and they'll get the rest, and we'll give you the numbers. Right. It, it, it's going to go to the quarterback most of the time. Most of these awards do, unless somebody just has an outstanding game. Or that's, that's all some, I'm saying. It's going to go to the that's quarterback. That's all I'm saying. Okay. And so when you say okay, the go, remember, go ahead, Skip. His, his first year of starting, do you, do you remember the tuck rule game? Because you were there. Yeah, I was, I was at there the game. that night. <laughs> do, do you remember how great Brady was in the second half? He was extraordinary. He was the reason they won that game that they obviously shouldn't have won, but he put them in position because he was flawless in the second half. Yeah, you 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 talk different than the people that was in the building about those first couple Super Bowls. That's all I'm saying, Skip. That's all I'm saying. Well, I, I think it's going to be tough because it's, again, it comes down to long. It comes down to how long can you do it? Brady did it for so long. That's he, what I said. He, the, he was the, on the all decade team for two different decades, Skip. It's never been done before. It's a, he, was a, he was on no. the all decade quarterback for the 2000s, he was the all decade quarterback for the 2010s. So that's never been done in the history of the game where the quarterback, a quarterback, has been the greatest uh, on two dec different no. decades. Yeah, it's just, it's, okay. it's gonna, he got, he's got a, shot. he's young, he's got a shot to get to. Okay, real quick, Go ahead. before we leave Brady behind, <laughs> understand, Belichick cost Brady two Super Bowls because Brady did what he always does in the first Eli Super Bowl, drove him down 75 yards, touchdown pass to Randy Moss, 14 to 10 New England, and Belichick gives up an 80-yard drive for a touchdown to Eli Manning, so okay. that cost Brady that Super Bowl, right? Well, well okay. And, but he also got Brady a Super Bowl against the Rams okay. when Brady couldn't okay. score then, any points. Okay, but how about the Philly Super Bowl when, when Tom throws for a playoff record, not a Super Bowl, a playoff record 505 yards, 
puts up 33 points, and Belichick gives up 41 to Nick Foles? Well, I don't know if it was Belichick or Mr. Pencil. Right, right, right. Oh, maybe it was Mr. Pencil. Okay, Belichick, I guess he'd semi-retired at that point. (laughs) Didn't have anything to do with the defense. Well, how about that Belichick got him a Super Bowl against Seattle because Richard Sherman, as the veteran leader of that team, did not step up to Pete Carroll and say, don't throw the football, run it. That's his fault. Should have had that foresight, Key. Yeah, should have. Although, do you realize that Tom Brady in the fourth quarter of that game down 24 to 14 threw for 124 yards in just the fourth quarter alone against the Legion of Boom? Well, again, that's, that's Richard's problem, not mine. That's, that's, that's key. key. That's, that, was, that, was, that was on me, even though I didn't give up a catch in the game. But it's a story for it. Other than Edelman ran that slant return route. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Who was that on? That was on the other. Ooh-wee. When he put that foot in the ground and came back out, oh, my goodness. Yeah, that wasn't on me. They ain't running running no nothing like that on me with no Edelman. They know better than that. All right. Up next, we got to get back to the National Basketball Association because Kevin Durant has made a statement. He says he belongs in the GOAT conversation. We debate next. I, I, uh... No mercy. No mercy. No mercy. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Kevin Durant says he's disqualified from the GOAT debate only because he went to Golden State. Kevin says, why shouldn't I be in that? That's the question you should ask. Why not? What haven't I done? Well, Keyshawn, you first. Should KD be in the greatest of all time conversation? Are we talking about championships? See, this is that, this is that type of conversation that, I, right that I just... Was, yep. yeah, we're yep. right back to that. Are we talking mm-hmm. about championships? Mm-hmm. Are we talking about skill set? His ability to be a seven-footer and, and, and just be ridiculous with the basketball. If we're talking about yep. that, then I would say based on my eyes of seeing some of the great ones play, he belong in that conversation as far as skill and all of those things. Now, if we shift into championships, no. And the reason is, is he's right, because he did go to Golden State. I don't ding him for that. I don't ding him at all for it. I'm I, Look, if I could have joined the Dallas Cowboys with Emin and Troy and Michael, guess what? I would have joined them. Mm-hmm. And instead of the triplets, it would have been whatever y'all call it, the quadruplets or whatever it is. It would have been something totally yeah. different. I want to win a championship. I don't mind Kevin Durant going to Golden State. I don't have a problem with that. You know, if he'd have done this in Brooklyn, now in Phoenix, and he's also won the ones in Golden State, and he'd have won maybe one in OKC, now you're having a conversation about it, but everybody is going to deem him because he joined Golden State. If he never joined Golden State and won, and he won in those other places then the conversation is different. And I don't know why KD is worried about that anyway. I don't give a damn. My skills is crazy. 
I'm as rich as all outdoors. I got my own shoes. You buy my shoes. Like, I think different than KD. I'm not in that sensitive block, and I, I, I can't understand when I have these Kevin Durant conversations that he has to respond and defend himself. He one of the coldest dudes to ever lace him up. Right. So why even get caught up in that? Because it, it, it frustrates him. It frustrates him because he doesn't feel like he gets the respect he deserves as one of the greatest players to ever touch a basketball at any level. And so from when, who, when, though? from the people that judge it, from the people that write the history books, from the people that will write the story, when when he when he's dead and gone, will they remember him the way they remember LeBron James, the way they remember Jordan, the way they remember Wilt, the way they remember uh, Kareem, the way they remember it. And, and he's feeling like they won't. And he doesn't understand why. And I'm, I'm with him because he is a seven footer that has a handle like a guard, like he's 5'11" and can shoot it out of this world. He's one of the greatest to ever lace them up, period. The reason they don't give him the respect and the reason they give him LeBron, because LeBron left too. LeBron left, LeBron went to other teams, but when he went to other teams, he won. And when he went to another team, he won again. And that's why he's still in that conversation because everywhere he's gone, he's won. He didn't win it initially with Cleveland. He came back, got him a ring. He went to Miami, got a few rings. Went to L.A., got a ring. And if KD did that, if he went to, if he left OKC and then went to uh, Golden State, they won their rings, then went to the Nets and won a ring, and, and he had a chance that one year. And he was but, the best but, player on Golden State when he was winning. No question. No question. That's why you're, that, that you give him full credit for that. I'm just saying, if he would have continued when he went to the Nets and they lost to Giannis and those guys when his foot was barely on the line, if he had somehow won that series and then won that championship that year, we would it would be a much tougher argument to make against Kevin Durant because he would have had to wield that team on his back with no help. James Harden was gone. Kyrie Irving was gone. And he it would have been all Kevin Durant reeling this team. And then he leaves the Nets and he's, he goes to uh, Phoenix. And if he would have gone to Phoenix and won, won a championship and they win a championship this year or win a couple, then you start to have those conversations again. But that's why... They're, it's, it's getting further and further away because they're not, he, he's not getting back to those championships that he got to in Golden State. All right. So my two cents on this is that I've been on record for many years on this show saying that Kevin actually qualified himself, not disqualified, he qualified himself for at least being in the all-time top 10 player conversation by going to Golden State, because I'm going to remind everybody, on July 2nd of that year, that summer of 2016, that whole Golden State team flew all the way across the country out to the tip of Long Island to get down on bended knee and beg Kevin Durant to come save them, because they had just blown a 3-1 to one lead to LeBron and Kyrie in the NBA Finals. And because of that, they knew and they saw what was coming. They weren't going to be able to overcome LeBron. They didn't know what was going to happen to Kyrie. But they could see that trouble was ahead, that the only way they were going to head trouble off was they had to convince Kevin to come all the way to the other coast to, to save them. And not only did he do that, but with the weight of the NBA world on his very slender shoulders, with everybody waiting for Kevin to fall on his face, 
Do you remember what happened in game three of back-to-back finals in 2016 and 2017? Kevin Durant went into LeBron's house in Cleveland and outplayed LeBron face-to-face, nose-to-nose, jaw-to-jaw, both those games, and tilted the series in favor of, obviously, Steph and Clay and Draymond. You can say, well, he had all that help. Well, it didn't help them to have all that help with each other the year before when they blew the three-to-one lead. So I, I give Kevin the highest marks for going to save Golden State which obviously puts him in a top 10 conversation. But now if we get back to 6-0 and in the finals with six MVPs, there's only one guy who belongs <sighs> in the GOAT debate. Take us to commercial break, Skip. Please. Yeah, you, you had <laughs> enough of this? Yeah, because it, it, we can't – this is about Kevin Durant. This is not about Michael. We already know that Michael is considered the GOAT by many, okay. including myself. But they okay. all are great yeah. to me. As I okay, said to you before, don't, I don't start without talking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I just don't. Okay, okay, no, I, I got that. But don't don't you guys see how great Kevin was for Golden State? I don't yeah, know why absolutely. that all it, time. It, oh, he absolutely. went to Golden State at a time Steph Curry was considered a top two, top three player in the world. And he said, hey, take a back seat. I got this. And I'm the best player he not did. only on this team, but that in the world. Correct. And and. That's, that's a tough happened. thing to do. That's a tough thing. This, that was Steph's yeah. team. That's that they've been together for so long, and for that the time correct. Kevin was there, it was I just I, I just wish Kevin didn't he care so really much did. about this type of stuff. I just I just wish he did all this because it does not make right. his. Up next, we got to get back to National Football League because Gerard Mayo, new coach, new Bill Belichick, quote unquote, says the Patriots are ready to burn some cash. Whew. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. On his new radio gig, his new Patriots coach, Gerard Mayo, talked about how much cap room the franchise has. And he said, we're ready to burn some cash. Not exactly something Bill Belichick would say. So, Keyshawn, what did this quote tell you about Gerard Mayo? Well, number one, he's spending somebody else's money. (laughs) And they did this before, Skip. Back in 2021, they had the fourth highest cap. They spent over $200 million going and getting all them dudes. So we've seen this before. So it's almost like saying, to me, well, we didn't spend any money with Belichick. Right. That's why we went good. Right. That's kind of what it sounds okay. like he's saying. They, and then when they spent it, they didn't have the most success. I remember they gave two tight ends no. $10 million each that year. Uh, Hunter Henry and Jonah Smith. now? And, yeah, yeah exactly. What, what, what's going on with him now? But, I mean, it, it's yeah. just young. I mean, we've heard more from him in, in, in a couple of days as head coach than we probably heard from Bill Belichick. In 20 years. That's, that's 20 the point. Years. So yeah. it's just been, it's been just, really different. I just love it that Gerard Mayo isn't holding the mayo. Like, he's just letting it go. He's being himself. He's being his own man. It's not just on to Cincinnati. At, at least he's being, he, he's speaking freely and with confidence. And I, I get you, the, the past is the past, and they blew it. 
But I, I just like the way he sees control of this new job and this new gig. And I like the feel of it, the direction it's going. Remember, I told you, Skip, he's a player. Those other guys yeah. were not players. They were coaches. He's a player first. Yeah. You agree, Richard? Yeah, I agree. I agree, man. He's a good fit. He's authentic. He's genuine. That's all you can ask for. That's all you can ask for. Okay, that's all for today's Undisputed. We are back tomorrow at 9.30 Eastern. And I can't wait.